What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Actors with Issues. I am your host, Juan Ayala. Today's guest is Miami-raised New York City dancer, actor, and singer, total Broadway triple threat, Nina Lafarga, who has performed in the Broadway productions of In the Heights, Disney's Frozen and On Your Feet, as well as FX's series, Fosse Verdon. Nina, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, so just wanted to uh, get a little bit of backstory. And I know that um, with you in particular, you mentioned that you started rather young as a dancer um, and started working professionally rather young as well. So what can you say about that? Was it sort of a different, was it intimidating to you when you were younger, um, sort of pursuing work already at that age? Or do you think it sort of um, gave you a little bit more of an insight to what the industry would be like for you? Um. Well, when I, I started training, I guess, professionally when I was about seven, mm-hmm. um, and that was just fun. Like it was just dance class um, because I think a friend of mine went to dance class and I was like, mom, I want to do that. So I started. Um, so really like at the very beginning, it was just this amazing, you know, incredible new world. Mm-hmm. And I got bit by the bug. So it was like just pure joy and fun and like amazingness and um you know as i got more seriously into it i i I quickly got into a competitive dance group at my dance studio um and i it 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 was very intense training Mm. um i i it was, it was just, it was a very intense environment in a great way mm-hmm. in that it really helped shape me to be the dancer performer I am today. Um, but it definitely was, there was stress in it, you know? Yeah. It was from coming from a competitive um, mindset in that they mm-hmm. were for competitions. Um, but it was also like my teacher choreographer is a very well-known teacher choreographer to this day. And mm-hmm. I... Uh, and 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 she expected a certain level of uh, skill and professionalism from us, even though we were so young. So mm. that sort of started it, you know. Um, so from the age of like I think nine or so, I started competing. So very early on, I was holding myself to a very high standard, and there was a lot that was expected of me. And so it was this hand in hand of this incredible thing that I love to do that felt so organic and amazing um, mixed with high expectations and stress and, you know, needing to be perfect, needing to please my teacher choreographer, needing to be great and be perfect and not um, mess up. So that started at an early age. So yes, there was. Yeah. And at that age, did you know already that you wanted to, to keep training and, and perform for a living or did, was that sort of out of the, your realm of, of not necessarily of possibility, but um, was it just not on your radar at that time? You just wanted to do it because it was fun and because you loved it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just hadn't thought that far ahead. I mean, at that mm. point, let's say, you know, I'm seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. 
even going up through high school, I think, I think I always just sort of went with the next logical step or mm. the next heart driven step. Um, and it just, and, and went with what felt good. And I just kept going and, and that just kept unraveling organically and unfolding. So especially at a young age, it, I, that, that's the best way I can describe it. It was yeah. like a force that was sort of taking me and pulling me. And I was saying yes to it because it was like where I was passionate and where I was drawn and what felt good to me and felt like this incredible expression of who I am. And, mm. and you know, it made people happy. I felt the reciprocation from my audience and the feedback along the way. And I think it was just this energy force that just was like, mm. this is when I'm this feels right. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. That's, that's, I feel like that's such a, a rather common occurrence that uh, a lot of performers go through, especially when they start super young. Um, I, you know, I started acting at like, you know, if you can really call like your middle school productions acting, <laughs> um, but you know, uh, a bit later at like 13 or around there, um, and sort of having that like awakening at one point of, of like, I really love this. This like enthralls me and, and, and something like within you feels like it's finally out. So at what point did you make the decision? I mean, it's usually around, I guess, like when, once you're searching for like, what am I going to study in college? So uh, was it around that time for you that you're like, all right, let's, let's dive in. Let's commit to this. So I'll start that by saying that like, I dove in and committed to it when I was from the minute I started that's yeah. how it, I mean that's definitely how it feels I mean you know it was my world growing up it was always mm -hmm. priority it was always first I mean once I start you know I started training and it was like the most magical thing on the earth I couldn't think of anything else and then I like I said I started competing at a young age um I mean I was on star search if anybody remembers that show like when I was 15, I was traveling mm. with a professional dance company performing when I was 13. Um, I was assisting um, Mia Michaels, who's a very big, uh, amazing, brilliant choreographer from a very young age. That's who taught me and trained me um, from, from when I was about eight or nine. Um, and I just, went on so that dessert that required a certain amount of diving in and commitment like yeah. and then i auditioned and went to a you know a very prestigious performing arts high school in miami new old school of the arts and you know dove into that school completely and hmm. you know was in um what's called now is young arts and you know, excelled there. So like I was always diving in committed, yeah. like full force. I mean, yeah. I was working commercially as well as a dancer in high school, some, you know, here and there where I could. And then I auditioned and went to Tisch School of the Arts um, in New York and right after high school moved to New York, did that in the summer between high school graduation and starting college, I was at Jacob's Pillow, which is a, a very well-known and incredible um, dance summer program. Mm. And so I was always super committed. Yeah, It was You're always, always just... my life. I mean, to, 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 to the, like the highest level because I was yeah. always doing 
several things at once. Yeah. Performing arts high school, competing, yeah. working, you know, teaching. I was started, I taught when I was 13, like, <laughs> like you know, and on through high school. So yeah. like I was always doing all the things. As far as like committing to it being a professional career, I guess you're right. I mean, you start to think in college or as you're approaching college, like, what am I doing? What do I really want to do? Is this, and I think, again, I just flowed with like, this is working for me so far. So let's just see how far I can go with it. Um, and that led me to going to Tisch and moving to New York. Um, and I think, and I think by that point, it definitely felt like it was, it was what I was going to do. It was what I was doing. And, and I started, I, you know, I, I got one of my first New York city gigs in my last year of college. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and then I just naturally continued working from there. Yeah. That's so interesting to hear because you had started so young and because you just sort of like went into the deep end, starting competing at such a young age too. Um, it was just this like natural progression. Like you said, like the next step, whatever it was like on the horizon, you're just like, all right, let's go there. It wasn't, um, you know, we frequently hear that it's like at some random point, someone gets introduced to like their first Broadway album and then they just like fall in love with it. Um, for when you were sort of like looking into schools and you got into NYU, were you just thinking, oh my God, like Broadway, it's not just like the, the, the dance competition and that sort of that world, like the choreo, but also like performing. And like, when did you start singing and, and acting and things like that? Like, was that also as early as dance or did that come a little bit later for you? What's interesting is I look at acting as singing and singing as honestly what I naturally did first. Mm. which is interesting um in that i don't remember a time when i was a child that i didn't act and sing and i have video proof and yeah. stories from the family like i grew up and as far back as i can remember you know i don't know four five six i was like the entertainment of the family yeah. I would sing for the family gatherings. I mean, I, I, I'm, I grew up with, I, with my Cuban family in Miami. Mm -hmm. um, I'm half Cuban, half Trinidadian. And, you know, every time Abuela came over, they sat down, I pulled out yeah. my piano, my little baby piano <laughs> and would like play and sing, you know? And then as I got a little older, I mean, I, I was directing my cousins. We were putting on <laughs> skits, you know, like we would have skits yeah. and sketches and I would direct everyone. And then we would perform and sit the family down and perform like our, you know, whatever play we were doing. Yeah. So I feel like the acting and the singing was just really like, I was born into that. And then yeah. I got introduced to like dance class and thought it'd be fun. And then I got bit by that bug and really rode that. Um, mm. And then I think, training wise, I probably started like training with acting and singing in college. Um, and then shortly after I graduated, when I realized that I wanted to explore Broadway and TV mm -hmm. film is when I really dove into like the more intense acting and singing training. Mm -hmm. It's so funny to hear that. I feel like with, um, 
with Hispanics and um, Latin families, it's a lot of like music and the culture is just naturally part of the culture. So you grow up around musical. Like I, I also don't remember a time when I wasn't singing. Mm-hmm. Um, also being up with my family, being part of, of such a musical church as well. It was just like every Sunday and every Friday, lots of music and, and being in that environment just naturally led to singing more and performing and eventually here we are actors with issues. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so along the way, I mean, uh, again, you you did have such a wonderfully natural progression, um, but was there ever moments of doubt or where um, maybe that final goal or the finish line for you didn't seem so achievable? So I think, yes, I mean, yes, to answer your question, of, of course. I mean, mm. I, like many other actors, definitely experienced immense amounts of self-doubt, insecurity, fear, mm. um, all along the way in very intense amounts. Mm. Um, But again, I, I think I just always had this like drive in me and this passion for it that that superseded it. Like it, mm. you know, it was this pull in me that just kept pulling me forward. Yeah. Um, and and thankfully for that, you know, I'm, I, I've been able to do some really wonderful things. But definitely, there were times where I wasn't sure what the next step would be. Where I I didn't know, you know, hmm. if I'd book this job that I want so much or yeah, it, there's so much uncertainty in what we do. Yeah. I mean, one of the biggest pieces of advice that I give young actors is to just toughen up because there's so much rejection uh, left and right. Like if you don't get into your dream program, and that's devastating. Buckle up, kids, because it's going to be a lot of those early morning open calls. I mean, God knows what auditions are going to look like in the future with everything. Are we going to have 60 dancers in, in a studio anymore? Or God knows. Um, but, you know, it's just so much uh, uncertainty in a lot of trial and error. What works? What doesn't work? Am I the leading man? Am I the ingenue? Am I the character actor? Am I as good of a belter as I think I am? You know, lots of different <laughs> different things. Um, so coming up when you were in school and like started to pursue work um, professionally, um, once since you were in New York, um, were there any aspects of of not just performing but of of show business as a business that you sort of struggled with a little bit? So. In the beginning, let's see, when I was starting out, well, yeah, when I first started out, like let's say after college, I was so green and (laughs) like didn't really have any, like didn't really have a mentor per se or someone that Mm. could like guide me along the way. Um, So I really like had to figure everything out by myself, trial and error. which was scary, like living in New York City, being so young, 
not really having anyone or anything sort of pave the way. I kind of was like figuring it out. Um, the business was intimidating because at, at that point, all I knew is I was just doing this thing that I loved that I seemed good at and that felt really amazing and wonderful that I loved. And there was this other aspect of it that was not natural to me in the sense of the like cutthroatness of it, the, the mm. competitiveness of it, the the business side of it. You know, I just loved living in my arts performance being. That's yeah. who I was and that's what, what brought me so far. Um, but there's this other aspect aspect then you introduce what type are you what type agents unions um you know the, the list goes on like auditions what do you wear to an audition what do you you know the physical aspect of it the mm. you know the financial aspect of it um how learning how to there's so much there's so many other levels of the business yeah. dealing with different personalities different worlds of the business yeah have different ways with that they work within themselves that don't necessarily translate to all the different areas so it's yeah. like you know a lot of that is like you learn by experience you know i mean yeah. the way things work on broadway is different to the way things work on a on a tv set or a film set or dancing back up for a recording artist or i mean or or being in the you know concert dance world like which i've been a part of all of them so yeah. they they all ha they have similarities but they are all very different in themselves so that i think that was at first a lot, all of that was very um, intimidating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Between all of those like different mediums, like, you know, at its core, it all may look the same, but the approach and all of the preparation before that, even just what the auditions look like um, are completely different. Like if you're auditioning for a musical film and it's a self-tape, very different performance than when you're in the audition room and there's an accompanist blaring over you versus using a track in your little in your self-tape setup or your your bedroom or wherever um seeing as you have worked so much so i looked on your imdb and all that stuff and i was like oh my gosh she was in smash i missed that show so so much i was just same, obsessing same. over that i love gosh. it i miss it <laughs> um it's not on peacock yet i'm very upset that it's not oh. <laughs> i'm like nbc come on hello um <laughs> but um <laughs> What was it like sort of, uh, I'm sure it was just, I'm, repetition is probably one of the biggest ones, but as far as um, learning choreo for a Broadway show versus learning it for a show like Smash, um, were there any sort of big uh, glaring differences between the two, between like the preparation for those? Choreo specifically, like the dance? Um, well, yeah, I mean, dance for TV and film is is a different process and just different from Broadway. Um, mm. Again, there are similarities, but um, you know when you're dancing and learning choreo, let's you know dancing and learning choreo for a Broadway show. Um, generally, 
you're in these long rehearsal days. You're in eight hour days, you know, six days a week. Mm -hmm. You're really diving in and you have time to really fine tune choreography and really dig into things. And that goes for music scenes. You know, the whole process is just a little more time that you have more time. It's more in depth mm -hmm. for some, for TV and something like smash, you, you don't have time in that sense. You might have mm -hmm. some rehearsal, but it's, it's, it's a much quicker process in terms of the process. You know, so you really have to learn quickly and get it camera ready quickly. Mm. You have less time to explore and luxuriate. You have to quicken your, your process, how you get from A to Z mm -hmm. needs to be faster and, and, and a little more fine tuned, I think. Um, and then, the, and then there's the actual product, which, you know, on Broadway, obviously you're on stage and you need to play to a, a huge house, you know, and play to the people in the upper mezzanine, right? So that requires like a different level of energy and performance. And then mm. of course, when you're on, you know, on TV, you're, you're funneling into this lens. So, mm the energy and the, the quality of the movement or the acting or the singing, it all has to just, the, the quality of it needs to adjust. That makes sense. No, it does. And, and as far as um, the differences between um, acting for the camera versus acting for the stage, um, similarly, it's sort of like dialing it down and focusing it. Um, did you have trouble transitioning from one to the other because it was like you know they, they always teach us you know play to the back row everyone's got to hear you and see you expression big everything big and then um all of a sudden here's the frame and <laughs> and uh e even for auditioning the you know the very very different approaches but did you struggle or did you find that a little bit difficult going from one to the other uh i don't i wouldn't say i found it difficult um, I, I spent my, I observe, I'm, I, I love to observe and I, mm. I definitely observe others and see what works and what doesn't. And I, I, I try to learn quickly to adapt for myself. And I think I've always been able to do that, but, but yes, of course, there are moments where I would see myself and still do and be like, oh, okay, that was too that was too much or that was too big or that was, you know, and vice versa on mm -hmm. stage. So I think, you know, to be able to go back and forth is, is it is difficult in itself because you're mm -hmm. constantly having to like make sure, you, you know, I'm constantly having to, you know, check in and be like, this is for TV. Let's focus on, you know, remember what you're playing to and same on stage. So mm. it's not an easy thing to go back and forth, you know? Mm. Yeah. But it's definitely doable and, and feels great because it, it feels like I get to, I get to express myself differently mm. in both mediums and, and that's fulfilling.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, with everything going on with um, the pandemic over nearly the past year, it's insane that it's been that long. Um, I remember working on a, uh, I was working on a TV set the day that they decided to shut down Broadway for what at first was a month, I think. And then that just kept getting longer and longer. What has it been like for you? Is there anything that you've, um, that you want to maybe sh- shed a little light on that you've, uh, dealt with or that you overcome? Well, I mean, I think I share with my fellow performers and actors that it mm-hmm. hasn't been an easy time. It has come with its challenges. Um, I think early on was even more challenging for sure when it when mm-hmm. it first started. I mean, for me specifically, I was in a Broadway show when it all happened. I was in um, Disney's Frozen mm-hmm. and uh that that was you know yes we thought it was going to be like a month and it was weird but not super crazy and then uh we as obviously everything unfolded that that was challenging to deal with and then you know so i think i think for me you know just just really it, it was challenging to the shutdown was challenging you know the state of the industry and the business has been difficult to sort of accept and make peace with and grieve and move on clearly, you know, for all of us. Um, And, you know, just the element of, at least in the beginning and, you know, even still now, of course, just that this is bigger also than the industry. This is global, this is, you know, something that initially we knew even less about. And so it threatened, you know, our, our, um, our safety, our health for ourselves, mm-hmm. for our loved ones. Um, some people were dealing with situations where they couldn't afford to live. Um, let's say actors living in New York city or, and have had to move and uproot their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, dealing with financial issues, people dealing with health issues, like, so there's a a lot that's happened. So I think, you know, I, like everybody else, you know, have been adapting along the way. Um, Yeah, and I miss a lot of, you know, the things we love about our industry. Um, But, you know, I, I am confident that it will come back and looking forward to that day. Hmm. Um, there was a, a guest we had on the show um, shortly before the new year who was in the global tour or the world tour of, uh, you know, global world, uh, of Phantom of the Opera. And they were at one point the only show playing on the planet because they had, they were in South Korea at the time and they sort of had a handle on things um, and one of the things that, that she mentioned was that the houses were basically at like 50% capacity 
which a lot of Broadway shows wouldn't be able to survive at, at that. Those numbers are scary. And that's what, you know, they look at a lot. Um, and yeah, that's one thing that, that came to mind. It's like Broadway houses are, are big, but they're not arenas that 50% is still a lot of money. Um, and we all know that's how the lights stay on is by making sure that capacity is as high as, as, as it can be. Um, mm-hmm. And that's been a little scary also thinking of, and um, it's crazy that in 2020, one of my biggest personal goals was to audition for more theater because I hadn't done any in a few years. And then all of this happened. So I'm just kidding, sweetie, get used to cameras, <laughs> get used to Zoom auditions and uh, <laughs> right, all of that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, what has that been like for you? Are you a fan of self-tapes or do you prefer to be in the audition room for like the TV side of stuff? I'm torn. I can see, mm. I, 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 I like, I can like different things about both. I still prefer being, I prefer being in the room. Mm. Yeah. I prefer. Is being it that in the sense room. of like connection? You can actually read the room and, and you get notes and feedback and all of that stuff. Cause with the self tapes, it's like, okay, this is, I don't know if I trust my judgment, but here's what I think is my best take. You just send that out and fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. I think the, I just personally, mm. I don't know, you know, I've, 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 I've spent so much time auditioning in my life in person and going through that process. Like, I, I, you know, I, I know what my prep routine is depending mm. what I'm going in for. And then I can leave it at the door, my home door. And I <laughs> show up physically and I prep and I, and then it, it still feels like a performance. I think for me, mm. um, I like meaning there are people in the waiting room. There's an, there's an urgency to it because it has to happen at this one time. Mm. Like I don't have a say of like when it's happening, like I have an appointment, I go in, even if it's just for like a casting director and a camera and me, it's like, that is my one person audience. Like I feel like I then rise to this mm. performance level, um, which I do in my self tapes, but it feels different and mm. it's just, it's so, it's just, it's me alone or like with a reader. It's, it's, it's very casual, which I, yeah. you know, on one hand, I like that I can do as many takes as I want. And I, I do like that, but I think it's this just something. <laughs> silent, quiet yeah. process that feels a little less heightened. Uh, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> It's just like, that, I get, um, I, I get that I can go into a real audition and I can totally flub it up and be like, Oh my God, I wish I had another chance. Hmm. But I think there's a rise. It Sometimes I go in and something magical will come out of me because of the urgency of the, hmm. it's like my nerves will, and make, you know what I mean? will come yeah. into play that in a different way that doesn't necessarily happen in a self tape at home right. environment. Yeah. Completely agree. It's, um, very different factors with each one and and while there's a little bit more in our control in the self-tape because we can control our lighting and the backdrop and and all of that stuff um and just you get multi all those chances but you know i mean even with me sometimes i get into my own head and i'm like oh would i say that line that way and it's like 
there's only so many ways you can say, would you like another cup of coffee or whatever? <laughs> it's like, right. It's just right, all these right. different things that, um, you know, we're, it's an age old, um, adage. We're all our own worst critics. So, so dealing with that is just like, do I want this much control in my hands? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's like directing yourself. You're like, oh, I don't know if I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know yeah. if I trust my direction. What is this? Uh, so something that you had mentioned in, um, in the questions I sent over was, um, the idea of an all around healthy artist, mind, body, and spirit, um, and things like self-development and how one's, um, mental and physical health can affect your success. Um, so what can you share about that? Cause I'm, I'm really interested in what, in what that is. Well, you know, I, I personally think, and now everybody comes up and learns in, in a different way in their lives, mm -hmm. There's, you know, in terms of their training. But I personally think that that's one thing that's, that, that is lacking in our industry is the awareness of the performer's mental, physical health, mind, body, spirit connection. I think, um, we do, it is a, it is a stressful industry. It is for, 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 for most that I speak to, and even talking to you, I feel like a lot of your, your listeners struggle with some of these things, the anxiety, mm -hmm. the audition anxiety, self-doubt, self-worth, like, you know, we're, we're constantly putting ourselves out there in this really vulnerable way with this craft mm -hmm. and this work. And it's like, this is me, blah, you know what I mean? And then, you know, more often than not, somebody's like, thank you. No, thank you. You know, like, <laughs> you know, um, no, you know, most yeah. often we're being told, no, we're being quote unquote or nothing rejected. At all. Yeah. or nothing at all. Absolutely. There, that's something to speak about is like that nebulous zone of like, you put so much energy into these auditions and then you don't even hear anything or get feedback mm. at all. And you're like, wait, was that, did, did I just like lose so much time of my life? What just happened? So yeah. yeah, it's, and what that does to us when we walk away. And, and I think that's really important to talk about because I mean, listen, there's so many people I know, even growing up training that were incredible, incredibly skilled, you know, and, and I saw them not ever pursue it, you know, and it was because some teacher told them that they were too fat, or some teacher told them that they were never going to be, uh, uh, they were never going to make it. And, and whatever it was in me that was like, screw you, I'm going to do this anyway. They mm. might not have had that voice, but it doesn't mean that they were any less talented. They just, the, the trauma they received from that one teacher beat them down enough that they believed it, or they just couldn't push through it to go on. And I feel like there's, you know, there's so much of that and there's so many ways to get lost in the industry along the way. I mean, whether you're working so hard for years and, and you're not, you're not getting those jobs that you really want and how that beats you down or whether you um, have really quick success and some people mm -hmm. like blow up really young and really fast, but then 
that job ends and then they can't get another one. And then they're, and then that affects them or, mm. you know, there's so many ways to get caught up in, in like a, a superficial side of the business or, you know, maybe you don't have a good support system or, you know, so there, there, there are a lot of ways that we can sabotage ourselves, mm. but also allow the industry or others to sabotage us. And so I think it's so just as it's just as important to work on our skill as I think it is to also work on this area and pay attention to this area. Um, mm. And I also think that when I do, like when I when I when I work on these tools, mindfulness techniques, work on make sure I'm eating well and meditating, and you know I have like a list of <laughs> all the things. It helps me as an actor. Mm because I'm getting to know myself more, I'm feeling more confident. And it, 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 I take this version of myself into my audition room, into my self tape, onto the stage performing at the Tony Awards, on opening night with the new Broadway show, filming this commercial, like this is who I am showing up with. Mm -hmm. If I'm showing up with someone who is defeated or doubtful or anxious, it's, it's not my best version of myself. So mm. I just think it's something really important, especially for young actors or people that are starting out because we're not in a society that really talks about that. Yeah. And, and it can be really tough for some people. I completely agree. It's um, there's still very, even though so much awareness has been brought up, there's still such a stigma against um mental illness and things like anxiety and depression you know especially during the pandemic so many different actors that i've talked to they're like i'm sleeping again i got to i realized how horrible i was at taking care of myself before because um in this industry and in new york especially i feel like it's constantly like hustle hustle grind grind it's all like if you're not eat sleeping breathing acting and singing dancing and auditioning and all of that you're a failure. You're not, you're not serious. You're not committed. And when Absolutely. none of us had a choice, but to just sit at home and wait and binge through something and, and, you know, just take care of ourselves. Then we realize how horrible we were at it before. I was experiencing some severe burnout. Same. Uh, I'd only, I've only been living in New York for a year and a half. And my first you know, I, I barely lived in New York for a year before the pandemic happened and was already experiencing burnout and, and all those, you know, all the, all those things we talked about self-doubt and anxiety and, and depression and, um, you know, and as actors as well, because you mentioned sort of the cutthroatness and the competitiveness, it's, it's very f common for an actor to feel alone because you sculpt everyone out as your competition, even though, Nine times out of ten, it's not all the case. Um, but yeah. Well, but just even like shifting that mindset because mm -hmm. it's competitive in a nature that yes, we're all, you know, putting ourselves out there auditioning for the same part. Yeah. But we can shift that mindset because there is something for everyone, mm -hmm. and we're not 
there is an element, we don't need to view it that way is what I'm saying. We can shift our mindset that it isn't cutthroat in a negative way. It's that we're all showing up and doing our best. And if we're competing with anyone, it's like an older version of ourselves, like that there is a place for everyone and that we can support each other. And I, I can be in the audition room, which I, which I do and, and, and wish every person good luck, which, which I do, because I genuinely mean that because I do obviously, I do believe that if this, if this meant, if this job is meant for me, it will be for me. And mm -hmm. if it's meant for you, it will be for you. And I might be sad and I might grieve that, but it wasn't, it wasn't meant for me. If I did the work and if I showed up and if I did my very best and I can say that, then it wasn't for me. And there's enough for us all. And I've, you know, and once we shift that mindset, you know, it, it, it really shows up. You go to that audition, you didn't get it, you grieve it, but then something else shows up. That's like, mm. oh, if I had gotten this job, I wouldn't have been available for this or, right. you know, and we can all support each other. So it, it's part of like how we can all shift our mindset and be a little bit healthier about this industry. Yeah. Oh gosh, so much to think about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because it, it, it truly is such a struggle. Like I found out recently that, um, an actor friend of mine, someone that I basically became friends with during the pandemic, um, we were up for the same role at one point, you know, it's one of the, like, you know, just don't tell anyone when it happens, but, um, he had shared something on his Instagram and I was like, and I had never, you know, it's like, neither of us got it. That's why he was sharing it. He's like, here's something that I did during, it was during the pandemic that the audition tapes went out. Um, and thankfully uh, there wasn't any like resentment or bitterness or anything like that. Cause again, neither of us got it like, okay, on to the next. Um, but even if it does feel like this is the perfect one for, for me, or this is like, this is the role. Um, and then you don't get it. It's, and maybe someone else, you know, that does get it. It's not so much. I'm upset. You got it. It's just, I'm just upset. I didn't get it. You know, it's, mm -hmm. there's a, there's, I feel like it's a very fine line between those two things. Um, so you're, you want to celebrate with that friend and that colleague who got it, but you're still trying to be like, okay, I didn't get it because of X, Y, and Z. And sometimes it's things that, and again, sometimes we don't find out why we didn't get it. It just weren't the right fit. And that vagueness, like we talked about that sort of nebulous zone where you're not really given an answer. It's just a no, or sometimes a nothing. Um, that it's a little bit tricky to, to deal with, but definitely very important to, to figure out how to switch that mindset from, um, from seeing everyone as, as competition. And then it's like, it's also just all a collaboration, you know? It really one. is. And, yeah. you know, honestly, when, when, when we can approach it from that place, um, it just opens so many doors. Because really like, if somebody else is your friend and gets something that you, you, know, you didn't get and it makes you sad, which is understandable and which is a normal and help, you know, yeah. normal emotion, you know, your friend will go and will do it. And if, and if we're supportive of that person, it comes around like you, that person will, 
at some point want you to collaborate with them on a project mm -hmm. if something else comes up. So it's this, it's this dance of like that we are a community and, mm -hmm. you know, we can help each other along the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was this, there was a, a, an episode that went up a couple weeks ago. It was the first one of the new year and um, a little clip that I shared online of it um, literally blew my mind when he said it in the interview, but he had said, cause we were talking about like the law of attraction and the energy you put out is what comes right back. And um, when one has that sort of sense of um, resentment towards someone for their successes or anything like that, or bitterness or, or, or any of that, um, the universe can pick up you hating that person's success as you just hate success and I'm not going to give it to you. And that was such an eye-opening. He was so young too. What the, uh, the, the guest that said that, um, uh, Gage Bannisters, uh, a New York actor, um, such an eye-opening thing though, because we don't think of it that way. We just think of like, well, I wanted it, me, me, me. And it's like, we don't think of like, what's going to loop back around. Um, and how is that going to affect everything else? You know? Yeah, that's awesome. I'm definitely going to take that with me. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> Don't hate anyone else's success because that just means you hate success. Right. And it's not going to come your way. Oh. Exactly. Um, so unfortunately, we're coming toward the end of our time, but I always like to end um, the new segment uh, called Getting to Know You, as if the last 40 minutes haven't been exactly that. But uh, just some rapid fire questions. Um, and a few things that might make you think back a little bit, uh, but we're gonna start with uh, coffee or tea? Coffee. TV or film? Film. Plays or musicals? Musicals. If you could be in the revival of any show, which would it be? Um, oh gosh, I don't know if I have this one. Oh, I, I don't know if I might have to pass on that. <laughs> I mean, nothing is, I don't, I, I, it's a conversation. I don't know if I have a quick answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, favorite TV show of all time. <sighs> what? These questions. <laughs> oh my God. Favorite TV show of all time. I don't really watch TV. Um, the office is up there. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, do I follow that up with favorite musical of all time? Gosh, I'm going to just, I'm going to make it be one that I did, hmm. which was in the Heights. Good choice. Just because we didn't, I get to, we didn't go into that. Oh, dang it. I just remembered. Yeah. You know, no, I mean, that's just, I mean, that one is close to my heart and yeah. you know, that definitely changed my life. So in the Heights. Was that the first original Broadway cast you're part of? God. Yes. What an experience. Yeah. I can't wait to see the movie. I'm very sad that it's not coming out when it was originally intended, but same. I can't wait. But we're all in it. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. Um, what is the worst side job that you've had? I have only had one side job outside of performing. And when I was in college, I worked at Starbucks. <laughs> and that was the worst. I feel like that. I feel like that's such a classic New York 
job because this is starbucks in every street corner so literally astor place starbucks yeah <laughs> oh i've been to that one that's funny like oh my god yeah i smelled like coffee when i got home every night like burnt coffee like, um, yes, exactly. <laughs> uh who is your dream co-star meryl streep good choice oh <laughs> Good choice. You listening, Meryl? <laughs> listening, Universe. She universe. wants. <laughs> the worst Prada, the musical. Um, what is your most recent binge watch? Recent? Like currently, been currently binging? What? Um, I'm current. Oh well, yeah, what you're currently binging, or the the one you've finished recently? Currently, Community mm. on Netflix. Prior to that, The Good Place. Good show. I like I've been place. on a good comedy kick this whole pandemic. <laughs> Honestly, I'm all about it. comedies. I'm yeah. all about comedies right now. Um, if you haven't watched Call My Agent, definitely watch it. It's oh. a French comedy series, so it's like subtitled, but it's about like the agents of all the big french cinema stars and it's so funny it's such a great comedy and it's also like a funny other side of the industry interesting you know? okay yeah check it out it's a good one um what tv show would you like to be a guest star on what tv show would i like to be a guest star on <sighs> TV show. oh my god these questions are hard <laughs> um taking so much time to think um because I think this to myself all the time when I'm watching shows and then like I can't actually think <laughs> of it when I'm put on the spot I'm like I need to be in that show and I, and I don't remember what it is um oh man I guess like there are probably shows that aren't filming anymore um oh, that's a good point you know what I mean? Like a lot of the shows yeah. like aren't happening anymore that I would want to be on. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like, like if Shit's Creek was on again, uh, I would want to be That counts. On that Creek. recent, that only you know recently I mean? ended. So that counts. Yeah. Like it would be like, yes, like a Shit's Creek for sure. I think if mm -hmm. that was still a thing. Um, What is your favorite accent or impression to do? And can we hear it? If there is one, if there's not, it's fine. <laughs> I'm going to say there really isn't one that I would feel <laughs> remotely confident doing for you right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It would, it would probably not be great. Um, when were you the most starstruck? <gasps> Ooh, when was I the most? Oh, most starstruck. Oh, I've had some good ones. I will say that I was in a scene in The Irishman, mm. the Martin Scorsese film, The Irishman. I danced in one of the big, 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 like, scenes. Mm. And there definitely was a moment where I'm on stage, we're shooting, and I'm doing my thing. And I turn, I get chills thinking about it right now. <laughs> Literally, I turn around. Um, 
so Al Pacino is in the corner shooting his scene, uh. right? And we're doing our thing. And I'm like, oh my God, that's Al Pacino. Like, I can't, I can't. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio decided to visit that day on set Fine. to visit Marty that right. day. So to my right is like Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, Robert De Niro is next to me because he's in the scene. It's like all the heavy hitters of the movie were yeah. in this scene. And yeah. I'm literally surrounded <laughs> by all of them, like 360 degrees. And I literally like anywhere I turned, it was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. So it's like, <laughs> so that I feel like, like I've been star, like I've been starstruck by people. Yeah. Like, and when I say starstruck, I've never, I'm never like, a, I'm not a fangirl. Like yeah, it's, never, like, been oh my my God. it's, never, it's yeah. never been my thing. It's always the opposite. I'm always like, trying oh, internal. to be like it's all in it's almost I like definitely I'm like the I'm cool we're cool but like but in this yeah, moment Bobby, I will Bobby say De Niro. it's mm. yeah <laughs> like you know but I definitely in this moment had a moment where I was like oh. taking pictures with my like eyes to remember mm. for all of time that I was like these people are like people that I have admired as an actor my whole life and I've looked up to and I've been in awe of their skill for so long and they are all here and and the next level to that for me was like and I'm here with them I'm mm. here like I I'm here with them. working with them yeah yes and like to me that was like a really incredible moment that's so Ray Romano was there. Um, <laughs> like who wasn't there? Joe, who wasn't Joe in Pesci, that movie? Joe Pesci was there. Mm. I mean, when I tell you the list, like I'm leaving people out. Yeah. yeah. Cause there's so many freaking people in that movie. It was God, like literally every scene or just like how many Oscars are on screen right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. This is a long question, but this is our second to last one, but this is like, we're building something here. So what movie? Wait, I feel bad that I, I feel, sorry to interrupt you, but I feel bad that I didn't answer your revival question. And I'm I'm a perfectionist, so I want to answer it. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. So there isn't one revival that I'm like, oh my God, I need to do this. Uh But I will step in and say that anything Fosse, because I love Mm. Fosse. And I did this revival. I did the the revival of Sweet Charity on Broadway Mm. with Christina Applegate. But I will say that I would love to do it again, but be one of the girls to be Charity, Nikki, or Helene to be able to do something better than this. I feel like yeah. that would be awesome. Good answer. It's a good one. I love, and I love that it's like, let's revisit this one. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so what movie do you want to turn into a Broadway show for you to star in? Oh my God, these questions. <laughs> oh. These, okay. Oh my God. I, I've never thought, I've never even thought of this. Um, oh my God, what kind of movie? I got to think about this and get back to you. I honestly have <laughs> no idea. Like I have never even begun to think about this. Because I feel like movie musicals, like I would have to start with like, what movie would I think would translate to be a good musical? Mm. 
before I even got that far as me starring in it because I just think like not all music, not all movies translate as good musicals. Like they could mm -hmm. be good movies, but that doesn't mean It'll they're work. good. It'll right? work, right? <laughs> and I don't want to put myself in like a not good movie musical. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd have to think about that. Unless it's already a, a movie musical. Oh, is it like, um, oh, what are they doing that with right now? Oh, like a Mean Girls, it was a movie and then a musical and now they're making a movie musical. I heard that. Yeah. So I guess I don't really have an answer about that or I'll have to think about it and get back to you. Like I really don't even have a clue. What's yours? Oh, see, oh God, no one ever turns it around on me. Well, that's what oh, I'm man. saying is you're putting me on yeah. the spot. And I'm like, wait, does everybody have answers to these? Like just ready to spit out? <laughs> so this is, uh, so a lot of these I added recently um because okay. i used to time this i used to do like 90 oh. second rapid fire but then i wanted like more elaborate questions so i just got rid of the timer altogether oh okay okay um because then you tell someone okay 90 seconds they're like what uh, uh tea no i hate tea coffee you know it's like they start panicking all right. of a sudden there's pressure on um oh god what translate well clue have you seen that movie Ooh, that would be a that would be like a that would be like a, the play that went wrong you know how like silly that one was that's a good one that i would, would want to be like a young professor plum yes i would want to be like is it is it is it miss white this is white yeah when she's like flames the one who killed her on the husband. side of my face <laughs> flames on the side of my face i want to be her oh heaving <laughs> breaths <laughs> breath he, he... <laughs> oh, so man. good that is my favorite comedy of all time i adore that movie oh it's it's genius i think that would work beautifully Agreed. if i'm not mistaken they did there is a musical of clue but it's like not based on the movie it's based on like the game so they just took the characters and wrote a musical so it's not as oh. like there's so much of the movie that's already kind of musical because it's such a giant set and it's very theatrical and physical comedy and silly so i think it would work well yeah but i don't want to be wadsworth that's so much that nobody just i don't even know do you just take wadsworth out because it's tim curry like how do you top his performance i know how would you top Icon. his performance and last question then uh in 10 words or less what advice would you give to a young performer stay grounded and be true to yourself Firstly, thank you so, so much for, for coming on the show. Um, if folks want to follow you on Instagram, where can they find you? Yes, Instagram and Twitter, at Nina LaFarga. And you all can follow us on Instagram at Actors With Issues. And a big thank you to our sponsor, Anchor, for supporting the show. Head over to anchor.fm to get started on your very own podcast, 100% free. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and review wherever you're listening and catch new episodes every Friday on all podcasting platforms. I'm Juaniala, and we'll see you next week. See you, the podcast. I can see us anywhere. <laughs>